Greetings. My name is Louis Molina, and I am the host of the Life Pro podcast. In today's conversation, I talked to Jason Ricci, who was a world-renowned blues and jazz harmonica player and cigar aficionado. He is a member of the Saints and Sinners Club and is a fan of Tatuaje cigars. So feel free to sit back and relax with a cigar and enjoy this week's episode. Cool. So, no, man, I appreciate like the drive out here. I know from New Orleans to here, any little bump in the road, any yeah. traffic can, can cause yeah. some weirdness. But yeah, you, we got we, every uh, guest gets a cigar, and I figured it'd be appropriate for you. Tatuaje. Hey, man, you, you already knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> any excuse to get up here finally. Right? Yeah. You know, yeah. No, we appreciate it. Um, so, yeah, just for our guests or our viewers' uh, information, we are smoking the Tatuaje Kahonu 2018. Right. So, yeah, we just got these in today. First At least time, in Baton Rouge. First time with one. You, okay. Yeah, I was going to ask yeah. you, did you smoke one? Yeah. Okay. Well, the 2015 that came out last year. After you? That was, uh, thank you. Mm-hmm. That was one of my favorite of Pete's drops last year. And I think it flew pretty well under the radar, too. Fortunately for me, I was able to get a lot of them. Cool. Yeah, I love that cigar. Okay. Yeah, and from what I understand, and you, look, you're probably going to school me more in Tatuaje. I don't and know. I like, no, I like it. Yeah. I don't mind. Like, I'm not that type of retailer that, oh, I know more than every consumer. It's like, no, I don't know everything. You yeah, know? but the hardest part about being a cigar retailer is every consumer thinks they know more yeah. than you. Yeah. yeah. It's part of the, right. like, weirdness well, of this industry is, like, people have to flex a yeah, lot. Yeah. I like, I don't get it. Why can't we just not know something? Exactly. Exactly. I, I would rather deal with a consumer that is willing to tell me, look, I don't know much about this. Like, that's fine. <laughs> and look, but I, and, I, and I do it the same way. Like, oh, I don't know about the blend of this specific brand. Right. Let me find out, though. Right, right, okay. right. Yeah. Big deal. Yeah. There's so many cigars out there. It's, yeah. like, really easy to forgive not knowing something. Exactly. You know? Yeah. But, oh, light up. Help yourself. You like? A, right. You got the torches, matches, whatever you want. Torch. So for viewers who care about the cigar, this mm-hmm. is the Kahonu series, and this is a 2018. So for those who don't know, Tatawa is a small batch company i guess maybe small batch yeah i mean with our the limited the limited stuff and then you know you got the core line which is why i'm such a fan is the core line is so good in my opinion Mm -hmm. it it fuente too but but this uh but this company is a Mm -hmm. little spicier so the kahonu is a cigar that it's kind of slang for uh ballsy yeah 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 (laughs) um and i guess that's a tribute to what the um like the the fact that these these blends are a little bit stronger, a little bit fuller, um, definitely featuring more of that. Let me borrow yours. Yeah, yeah, here. Uh, that typical full body Nicaraguan profile, and they come out every oh no no gas. No, there's plenty in there. Hmm. Um, there we go. Yep. Yeah, every three years a new Cajonu is released, but the 2015 and the 2018s he skipped. Right. Went to the 2021s that we got, I think, last year or two years ago. Last year we got the 2015, I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Which, like I said earlier, was like one of my favorites. <clears throat> it, it didn't get great reviews. Yeah. I don't even know if I smoked that one yet. What is that, like 5 by 55 Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's a short little... Yeah, like a nubby kind of... little banger. Okay. Yeah. little Not a firecracker, but just a little bigger. Okay. Yeah. Almost a Robusto, right? Or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, right off the bat. 
had a consumer already smoke this earlier, and he gave me some insight. He loved it. And he's uh, he's a big Tat fan, this guy I'm talking about. I heard uh, about you with the Big Ten, that the Big Ten knocked you on your butt. The surrogates, yeah, Big Ten. Yeah, I think that yeah, it was a yeah. Arturo Toby. You yeah, had yeah, that one. Yeah. yeah. I loved it, though. Yeah. But yeah, it did knock well, me Well, I mean, a lot of Tatuahi fans are like, really into the just the aging process like they'll get one they mm -hmm. might smoke one maybe one a year and they'll set two boxes aside you know for three four years yeah yeah that seems definitely... to be like a normal consumer hardcore touch white thing to do yeah. get three or four boxes and put them aside mm-hmm mm-hmm when was the first tatuaje that you smoked can you tell it me was, a little yeah, bit about that it was that? a tattoo it was recently it was like f four years ago wow I was a Pepin fan to start. Like, okay. well, that's like, well, I mean, I, was, I wasn't I was even a big, like, I wasn't a crazy cigar nerd like I am now until four years ago. Okay. But I'd been smoking since 2004, but just just like music or business, it's, it's about hours, right? Not years, right? You know, yeah. so I dabbled in it. And in 2006, when Pepin was blending for 601, yeah, that's right. I started getting into that shit. Mm -hmm. Can I say yeah, that? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh -huh. Hey, we want it authentic. <laughs> but here. that yeah, stuff, yeah. that stuff sent me. That mm -hmm. was like my first holy, holy cats! I really love cigars. Like moment. Wow. And it was it was funny enough. It was a it was a Connecticut six hundred one by Pepin, and then mm -hmm. <clears throat> then the my father stuff came out. I got way into that. Didn't even know about Tatuaje. Missed all the years. Missed all the monsters. Just playing music and living my life. Oh. A big time problems with addiction, right? In mm -hmm. in jail and stuff like that. So I was out of the loop. Cigars were the last thing like on my radar most of the time. And I'd have me a little travel humidor and nothing else. Like yeah. now I got like this giant thing and I got yeah. boxes stored away for nice. four years from now. I got you know. Yeah, yeah. Different shelves for different things, different humidities for different wrappers, right? Like the wow, oh, you know, you're I'm taking it see, fully like nerded serious. out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of my this is like so much fun for me because like a lot of my cigar buddies can't take me. You know what I mean? They, they don't yeah, want to. They, they don't want to talk about it, right? Like yeah. they, not like this. You know, they yeah. want to just kick back and smoke a cigar. They don't right. care what it is. Nothing. Right. Yeah, right. And that's what intrigues me over the years classifying the different types of cigar smokers, right? You have your once a year guy or once every few years guy, maybe just to celebrate a milestone. Then you have like the maybe once in a once a month kind of right. guy. Yeah. Uh, and then like you have your weekly guys. And I actually classify the weekly guys as once you hit that weekly, I yeah. consider you a regular. Yeah. Even if it's one a week. Yeah. One a week is yeah. great. Actually. Yeah, yeah. I think it's maybe even better for the mm -hmm, palate mm -hmm. than than every day, but yeah, yeah. man, I'm an everydayer. <laughs> Me too. How many are you doing? How many are you doing? Man, if I can, I'll do three. If okay. I have a day off. Okay. And my my day off is three cigars on the porch. That's, yes. that's all I care. I don't no. you, know, you know, even even when the Saints are playing, I'm like, man, I should be out there. Yeah, you I, mean at the Superdome? No. I mean, I mean, on my porch, not watching oh. the game, listen to <laughs> yeah, it yeah. on the radio, yeah. right? You know, like, yeah. I just love it. It's, it's a time for me. It, it's more than the tobacco, it, mm. it, it, which the tobacco is enough, okay? But the, the the joy, the love, the what's the saying? The four hundred hands, right? That went into making it. Yeah. The story behind each blend. All of that's enough. 
But in addition to that, it, I'm gauging my peace, my serenity. I'm gauging my anxiety. I'm looking at what is it, where, where did I screw up today, right? What, what am I going to do differently tomorrow? A lot of times I turn the devices off other than to get a picture and to tag my right. buddies on it, right? That's how we basically met. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll get more into that. Right. Yeah. yeah, but like, but then, you know, I put it away and I sit and I, I just take in the, the birds, the squirrels, if there's a possum, I, my whole neighborhood knows who I am. Yeah. I know who they are. It's all because of cigars. It's all because of being out there. Yeah. There's this culture around it. There's this level of me time. My father told me when I was a kid, he said, he said, what's the one thing you can't buy, right? And I said, well, love, Dad. You know, the Beatles said that, right? And he goes, nah. He goes, he goes kid, I got lots of money. He goes, I, I got girls all over the place. He goes, they actually love me now, right? They didn't in the beginning, but yeah. they do now, right? Yeah. He goes, time. Time is the one thing you can't buy. Mm -hmm. This is the closest thing to buying time. Wow. You know, we, it, you, you spend the money on it, and that is an hour or an hour and a half that you have designated for nothing else. Mm -hmm. That's really profound because I've always said that to certain folks that we get when we talk about, like, the reasons why people smoke cigars. And that's kind of like the line I use is it's an investment in time in yourself. Who said that? No, that's what I've just come over the years. Wow, to, to, that's to, weird. Yeah, that's so it's kind of funny that you mentioned that. You've come to that yeah. realization, too. And, and, you know, every cigar has its own rhythm, you know, depending upon the Vitola. Mm -hmm. of if, if my anxiety level is high, Lewis, and a cigar is banging, like it's tasting good, right, I can ruin that cigar by heating it up too fast and smoking it too fast because I'm trying to get it. I'm trying to get all of that trying right Trying to force now. something, huh? Right. Yeah. Right now, you take, say you got a Lancero, right? Now, that mm -hmm. you're going to have to hit that a little more often. It might go out, right? A, yeah. a, a Lancero or a Longsdale might might go out, right? You got it. There's it has its own rhythm. Hmm. It's asking you to settle down, <laughs> to, yeah, yeah. to pay attention, to be mindful. Yeah, boy. Even though you've only been smoking for years, there are people who've been smoking for decades that I don't feel, or at least they've never really conveyed to me this realization, this well, construction of why we, we enjoy yeah. a cigar. I mean, I've only been crazy for four years. It's yeah. been since 2004 that oh, I've okay. been buying okay. cigars. But, gotcha. it, you know, I didn't have a brand. I didn't have a, a I didn't know the difference between a, a, you know, I knew the difference between a Connecticut, the name Connecticut in the color Maduro. Mm -hmm. But I didn't mm -hmm. know what a Connecticut Broadleaf was or Habano, or I didn't know what Corojo was. Or I, I didn't think... There was any difference in taste between Yalapa and, and Esteli because I didn't know there was a Yalapa and an Esteli. Mm -hmm. I didn't nerd out on it, but mm -hmm. but yeah, the it, it's a it's a valuable thing. Sobriety has had a lot to do with me getting invested in mm -hmm. cigars. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, that's why I I really I don't like it when these anti-tobacco people want to attack cigars. To me, this is so pure. This is the way tobacco should have been. And our first guest, uh, I don't know if you know this gentleman, Greyhawk Perkins, local musician out of New Orleans, storyteller, why, why don't Native I American. Oh. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, I met him over 20 years ago. And, I mean, the Native Americans were the first people to really 
realize this leaf is actually pure and divine. Yeah. Something spiritual about it. Whereas today, I mean, tobacco has always been viewed by some group as an evil thing. It's, um, it's but, ridiculous. But um, I love it when I hear you, people like you smokers get it, that you know they recognize it for its purity. And to me, I tell people, um, and I've met addicts over the years, that use cigars maybe as, as a product to feed that addiction, but it's a, I tell people it's, smoking cigars is like taking a drug, but without the bad druggy effects. You still maintain a sobriety about you, a, a, a meditation. I mean, it's beautiful. And that's why so many like professionals get into it. Yeah. You know, think about like pilots that they can't drink 24 hours before a flight. Right. A lot of them smoke cigars. Uh, yeah. Doctors, lawyers, or just anyone under pressure. Yeah. You know, people who, who, who yeah. have a high pressure business. Yeah. I mean, I, I would argue also that w- without, the, without me, and this isn't necessary for everybody, I'm just saying that if right, I right. was on drugs or drinking too much, I don't think I would enjoy an hour and a half by myself. You know, considering the problems that the substances cause. But but even additionally, like, even in life, if I'm too stressed out, I don't want to smoke a cigar. I really don't. Because I don't want to be with me for that time period. Now, that to me is a hint that this is something healthy. Because it's, it's not an escape. It's not a distraction. Right. This is something that has to do with what's going on inside of me. Yeah. So if it were an addiction in the classical sense right. of the word, something I do no matter what, and, and there, there are days when I smoke too many cigars and I can no longer appreciate the cigar. Mm-hmm. Time to lay off a little yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> tell me about Saints and Sinners. What's, uh, what's that about for people who don't know? I don't know. You know, well, so it's a private social club. Um, I've been in, I've been in one year. This is my second year in. Okay, cool. So I was, you know, you got to be invited in. It's it's not hard to get invited in. You see a lot of last minute foxhole people on Facebook wanting to get in. Like, hey, anybody got an invite? Anybody? It's not hard to get in. Just smoke the brand. Talk about it. Post it. You know, you mentioned the Native Americans, right? Trade it. Share it. Mm-hmm. Send people some cigars that you like. Say you got some extras. Say say you bought a box of something you, that's not banging for you. Ship, trade a fiver for something else to somebody else. or Send a fiver. Just unannounced. Get yeah. someone's address that you've never met and mailbox bomb them with a fiver, right? At least, right? That's what, that's sharing the leaf, yeah. right? It's supposed to be enjoyed. Right and and spread out right. So saints and sinners, I think, is an extension of that. Yeah, and that's. Uh, I don't want to let this go. Oh on. yeah, no, I know, no, don't worry. Yeah, then it's the uh, the private club, I guess, associated with with Tatawahe. Oh yeah, totally. Fans. I mean, it's all it is. Yeah. It's just Tatawahe. Yeah, that's cool. It's just Pete. It's it's not. We don't even get any my father stuff, right? It's just it's all Pete stuff. Yeah, okay. and so like, it's like two hundred bucks, or a little more. And all I was promised was a T-shirt. And that, you know, I got invited by a friend. Said, hey, listen, man, you know, I see you posted all this stuff. You're into it. Would you be interested in joining this club? And I said, yeah. And he goes, well, look, it costs 200 bucks. When you get your invite, you better have the 200 bucks because each member only gets to invite one member a year. That's how you get in. 
you wait for a guy to invite you. So I got invited in and I said, sure, you know, I'd do, I'll do it. And, and anyway, I got, I got a, a box of cigars and uh, like a five pack. And, uh, but more than that, I got into a community. I got into a group of people, man, just like in January, there was a drive-by shooting on my block, right? And AK-47, hundreds of rounds up and down Bank Street, right? Banks oh, and Jeff man. Davis or Norman C. Francis, as it's now called, right? Okay. One of the items that got shot up was a Saints and Sinners hat, right? It, I mean, I hit the deck. Oh, I remember that. On, yeah. You posted that on yeah. Instagram, yeah. I mean, it was a week later that, you know, they had me a new hat. And I didn't ask anybody. I didn't say anything. Right. You know, it's a community. And, you know, guys will, you know, say I miss out. I'm broke. I don't have money for the Dracula release you know, or mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. Guys will be like, look, bro, I got you. I'll put a box aside until you get hooked up. Or or here's a fiver. Just, you know, just keep playing the horn. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. just, fuck, man, good people. Good yeah. people. And, you know, when we got a little forum and we, we, we kind of like see who could take yeah. <laughs> the, you know, the... Yeah, yeah. It's a little, it's a little rough, you yeah. know. Sometimes, right? You know, yeah, but, that's typical in the cigar but, shop world. You know, you gotta. We're testing, it's all in, yeah. you know, good fun. They're yeah. going, they're going to make. I know the pigtails are coming in. Like the minute I get there, I already yeah. know, right? I already know yeah. I'm going to come under fire. That's how I got invited in. Actually, was just being on a Facebook website. It was like, uh, what was it called? Like, uh, dark side of the leaf, right? You know, where there's guys like you was. You know, sometimes it's you know, pretty misogynistic and maybe even homophobic and stuff. People came in and started slamming me. I posted a picture of myself knowing I was oh, yeah. just going to get it. And I, and I just took it. It had fun. It made jokes. And that was what, how I got my invite yeah. to Saints and Sinners. It's like, hey, look. Yeah, you're, you're in the group's respect. Yeah, this yeah. will be for you. You know, yeah. you dig it, right? Plus, there's lots of free Tatuaje shit that you can't get anywhere else, wow. right? You're going to get a box of cigars that are saints and sinners cigars. You're not gonna get them anywhere else. And you know, there's a lot of people in there. I, I don't wanna say a lot, but there's a, there's a few people in there who are in there for different reasons than that. They maybe have two or three different mailing addresses and email addresses and are buying maybe these boxes and then maybe reselling them, oh my. you know, on Facebook. Flippers. Yeah. There's some flippers mm -hmm. in there. The gray market, we call it. Hey, yeah. bro, God bless them, right? When you yeah, want yeah. something, they're there, right? You, yeah. How you going to complain about it? Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of that, yeah, that that's such a weird thing to contend with as a retailer. I know what happens in the bourbon world, right? With the Pappy Van Winkles and the sought after stuff. I saw stuff. that documentary, yeah. Oh, I didn't know there was a documentary about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, about the guys who stole it all, right? Oh, and yeah, recorded yeah. it. Yeah, they worked at the factory. Wow. Yeah, they stole like cases of that Pappy Van Winkle. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but I don't know anything about it. Yet. No, but it's just very similar in the cigar world, right? So we have these unicorn cigars, and then we get we call them the cherry pickers that want to come in yeah. and only get those and not support the core part of the portfolio and. What we try to, I mean, I'm not saying this is the right method, but what we try to do is first offer those kind of unicorns to our regulars who support the brand, you know, in the core portfolio, right? Because we only get allocated X amount of unicorns based on our performance of the regular stuff that we can get all the time. Yeah, and you guys are right? real about it, too. So, so what we, yeah, we try yeah. to do is offer those 
and usually it's in samplers, right? We bundle them with core stuff to help move the core stuff in in the hopes of getting more of the unicorn items, you know. And, but, and you, know. you also show loyalty back to loyal customers. Right. I mean, I look, the, you know, there's a couple of tots over the years that I walked into the Habano Port in Metairie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Arturo I, lets me shop a little bit. And then he goes, oh, hey, do you know I got? Or I might have to ask even, hey, right. have you heard about this? And then he goes, disappears. And in the back room, he comes out and yeah. <laughs> opens a box for me. And you know, there's the the double D or the DB or something that I hadn't seen in a minute, right? Or 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 that I that I maybe was able to pick up a fiver of because I'm on a, I'm on a harmonica player's salary, right? So I, I got to be careful, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I'm not, right? <laughs> Have you seen? Especially that? if you're passionate about cigars. <laughs> you see that yeah. meme? It's like DiCaprio, and it says people think uh, people think when they see my cigar collection, think I'm rich. And it's like, bro, I'm just mm-hmm. irresponsible, right? That's totally me, right? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's get into that because yeah. um, we, so you and I met. This is actually today's the first time we've met face to face. I think, yeah. No, um, totally. Yeah. We've only interacted with each other via Instagram where you would tag us yeah. with your picture of the tatouage you're smoking. Yeah. Okay. And I love that. And we reshared that and we just started building a dialogue. Let, let's talk about that. I've been a bad customer. No, no, no. Yes, I have. Well, let me tell you why. Well, All right. Okay. I, I'm going to admit well, I'll it. let you say, I, I, but I, I, I'll, I'll give the audience I'm gonna a reason. Ad, I'm going to admit it for the first time online at jeopardy to my own selfish bullshit. Okay. I would have tagged y'all a lot more, but I didn't want people to know what was. Oh. I didn't want them to know what was there. <laughs> Where the secret. I wanted yeah. you, I, I've said before, I've said it joking. I've said, this is my other humidor up yeah. in Metairie. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but I swear to yeah. God, it's like I don't want somebody coming in and no. getting every last, I'll say it, Karloff that's sitting in Metairie right, right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna Now I got to so, go there tomorrow and no, get him. No, no. <laughs> so, okay, I, I, I thought you were going go, gonna to go somewhere else. No. You don't want to reveal and create more competition for yourself or the scarce. But it's lame. Oh, yeah. It's no, lame, bro. I, I should be, like, hollering no. for my people, bro. No. Like, yeah. But I, I admire that. You're honest. I'm sure there are a lot of these cherry pickers that they're very hoarding of you know the information where they get their stuff. Man, the but. ones the ones that bother me are the ones that that don't smoke them. Mm. And what do you think they're going to do with that? What's their well, ultimate, yeah. what's their long term goal? Just flipping? There's, there's a Facebook site. I'm probably not supposed to say this. It's called uh, no, no, just okay. But, there's but, a Facebook site. There's a Facebook site right where we. Where we buy trades, rare yeah. cigars, right? Yeah. You know, you're not supposed to sell tobacco on Facebook, but yeah. you know, we there's ways of doing that, right? Without, you know, you put a little picture mm-hmm. of a ship, and then an ED, and then you put the number one, you know, well a P, and then a bowl of rice per rice one oh, zero funny. zero ship id. Uh. You own American flag, USA only, right? So they the algorithms can't pick up Whoa. that we're selling anything, much more tobacco. Yeah. So anyway, there was a guy on there, and there were there were like these, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, what was it? Was the, the 2011? Uh, what was it? Uh, Jackal, Tatuaje Jackal, right? Mm. Or or a box of uh, a, a Fuente. Big black motherfuckers, right? Mm-hmm. And somebody said as a joke, but it was—it's so true. He goes, 
Do you guys just buy these boxes and then just sell them again to each other later? Hmm. And, you know, the answer is a lot of them, yeah. That's what they so do. So it keeps going back. They just wait for it to increase another 100 bucks or 200 bucks, and then see something else they want, and they flip it and get two of that and then put it in a closet and wait another five years. And, and it's the same discussion I hear in the, in the spirits world with the rare bourbons, and you have some people that just want to collect, buy, hold, maybe wait to flip it for a higher price in the future. So I remember that there was a story that um, one customer was telling me he who buys just the alcohol, just the drink. He doesn't collect, but he wanted a certain rare bottle, and he went to the proprietor, uh, proprietor of a shop, and he had this bottle, and the proprietor was trying to feel him out. Are you really just a reseller or you're an actual consumer? Right. So what he did, what he, what he asked him was, I can sell it to you, but I'm going to open it up. And he said, yeah, go ahead. I'm going to drink it. It's like, all right, yeah, there it is. So that idea kind of like inspired me, like maybe we should do the same thing. Oh, man, like it's... open up boxes and just sell, you know, if you're a true consumer, you don't care about the packaging and if it's keeping sealed, it sealed. Yeah. 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 So that's I just thought pe- that was pretty I, interesting. I love that you even thought of that, Lewis. Yeah, like yeah. that makes you like yeah. a good friend of mine immediately. Yeah. Like, but yeah. yeah, that, you know, that hashtag, they are meant to be smoked. Right. They right. are meant to be smoked. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with sticking something that maybe is a little strong. Wait for a couple of years, see how it does. Right. But, you know, I mean, what was it? When, when was Ida? Was it last year or two years ago? No, I, I always forget. I was on the road. And, you yeah, know, years my humidor was at home. And, you know, the power went out. And, you know, the humidity around here. And uh, <clears throat> I, I got, you know, I got a... A big one, and it's, but it's not a it's not a wind door. It's not a temperature control. That if it had been, the power was out. Oh, and you know, I was looking at you know hundred hundred degree weather for you know eighty ninety percent humidity for a couple of weeks, right? How how much you really want to save cigars that you may never be able to smoke? Yeah, you know, that's why I used to be that collector, right? But I would always like hold it. Knowing I would smoke it at some point, not to yeah. resell. Right. But then one day I real, I think I came to that kind of same realization. Like, and it wasn't even like hurricane related. It was just that the notion of you know what I might not live tomorrow. Yeah, you know, I. So I, I need to start enjoying these cigars now. Yeah, I don't. I kind of don't remember ever regretting burning a big black motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Or. or or you know, yeah, that's a for people who don't know the Opus BBMF. I'm sorry, yeah, I should yeah, be yeah. Saying no, but it's. <laughs> I think it stands for big. Big bad motherfucker. Oh, okay. I think. Okay. I'm not sure. Okay. It's an obscuro. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. black oh, looker. Maybe it might be. Yeah. It might be big the, bad. The, but it's, yeah, but officially it's the BBMF. Yeah. But, but any unicorn, like I've never, right. I've never finished a cigar like that and said, "Oh, I wish it was still in my humidor instead." Right. But right. you know, but I'm I'm human, and when I'm selecting it, I'm like, "Ooh, really? This yeah. is going to be gone now." I I have that collector. What is it, tick, tick, that little bit of like, but what better day than Tuesday or whatever day, Wednesday, whatever day it is, what better day, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you and I met, basically started a dialogue via Instagram. You were in Metairie and before COVID, there was a system where my brother and I would switch up stores, right? So I would work in Baton Rouge. He would be in Metairie. I didn't know that. We'd switch it. Yeah, yeah. So at one point, we would kind of switch it up. Pops is always in Metairie. 
then COVID happened and we decided then and there, like, all right, we got to pick a store and just stay there yeah. for the most part. Yeah. So that's why I never actually met you. Um, but anyway, so I would see your pictures of the Tatuai and you're tagging us. I thought it was cool. And then I just started looking at your Instagram profile and I noticed, oh, you're a, a harmonica musician. Right. So can you elaborate on that? Like, how did yeah. you start that? Oh, my whole life. I, I think I was like, uh, I, well, I was like 19 when I quit college after a year or so. And I, I graduated. You're from New Orleans? No, born and raised in Portland, Maine. Also, oh, okay. also like Pete Johnson from Maine. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. And, and weird, the other weird connection is having fallen in love with cigars via Pepin and Pep and Pete now being married to Yanni, mm -hmm. he's now uh, Pepin's son-in-law. So it would make sense that I would gravitate towards this brand, mm -hmm. younger audience, you know, and same, same peppery Nicaraguan, yeah, same strong, genetics. yeah, yeah, yeah mm -hmm. well-rolled. But, but anyway, yeah, I got into playing music young and uh, around 18, 19 years old, started making a living at it. By the time I was 20, 21 years old, I was riding around in vans with guys 20, 30 years older than me all over the country and then Europe and then making records. And What genre do you? <clears throat> blues and now okay. a lot of blues and jazz, right? Okay. A little jazz too. Jazz funk, New Orleans jazz funk and... Yeah. Play with Joe Crown down in New Orleans, and I got my own band, The Bad Kind. I recorded with Johnny Winter. I I did a, just recently did a Terrence Terrence Blanchard movie, the movie A Jazz Man's Blues by Tyler Perry. Is but, that out? Yeah, it's out. It's on. Uh, I think it's on Amazon. Right. Okay. What's it called? A Jazz Man's Blues. Okay. I, I'm in the first scene of it, so you don't see me, but you hear me. Okay. There, there's an old black cat playing harmonica on a rack and playing guitar. I'm the harmonica <laughs> when you hear it, oh, yeah. Nice. So, uh, but I've I've had a, a really nice career. I played the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with Zach Brown and Tom Morello and uh, Paul Schaefer and all those guys to induct Butterfield, and it's been a great great run, you know. Yeah. And in cigars, were that were something I found on the road. Hmm. Out west, we would drive, and there'd be you know, you know, hundred hundred and fifty miles of nothing, Wyoming. You know, yeah, Utah, long stretches of drive, huh? and there would be an Indian reservation, and mm -hmm. there would and they'd be advertising cigars and cigars and cigars, and we would stop and pull in, and we just look at it, and it started off with buying like, you know, Cao Brasilias and uh, and like Rocky Patel that did two, the box press decades when they first came out, and yeah. what else? What else was I to do? The Series R, the Gloria Cubanos, right? Those were like one of my first favorite cigars, right? Yeah. And then, you know, over would the... Would you smoke the cigars in the car? In the yeah, yeah. I would nice. just smoke them in the yeah. van, yeah. It, it, it know, makes it dry so much better. I didn't know about trying to keep an ash on or anything. I just put it out the window and left it in my mouth. And yeah. I didn't savor it, didn't pair it with... Maybe paired it with a Red Bull, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I mean, look, some... I've heard that there are rollers that they love pairing their cigar. Like, while they're rolling, they're smoking their cigar. They love pairing with Coca-Cola. Just a sweet drink is actually a nice... I'm big. Kind of a nice pairing. I'm big into sodas. Okay. Like now, like I have gotten like you know I'm like I'm into like rare sodas. What? Y yeah. Like, like high end boutique. Yeah. Like what is Virgil's considered one? I think Virgil's is yeah. pretty good, right? Yeah, but, I love the root beer. But the Abita root beers are good. Abita oh, yeah. cream is good, right? There's a lot for non-alcoholic mm -hmm. cigar smokers. You guys don't have to feel left out if you're listening. Right. 
There's an espresso coffee. An That's Arnold, my favorite. Arnold no, Palmer no. can go really good. An iced tea can go really good, mm-hmm. right? But uh, if you're smoking a Connecticut, even if you're a black coffee drinker, put a little cream in your coffee. Mm-hmm. See how that affects the cigar. It does. That's usually what the question I ask beginners, especially that are trying to figure out, okay, what is my profile? I'll ask them, do you drink coffee? Yes or no? Yes. It's great. How do you take your coffee? Right. And so that answer can kind of help us figure out what to do. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Yeah. It's really nice of you. Yeah. yeah. No, but I, I love my, my personal favorite drink, whether it's alcohol or non-alcohol, is just coffee. And Ideally, espresso or cappuccino. Yeah, Mo Mo from the one of the distributors for the Northeast for Tatuaje. He's a big espresso guy. That's yeah, what he's always yeah. smoking with his stuff. What, mm-hmm. What's your go-to brand, bro? Whatever's in my hand. Hey, that's the best answer. No, I know. No, <laughs> no. I'll, I'll tell you. Um, so typically, Nicaraguan profile Tatuaje, of course. Uh, Aganorsa. I was an Aganorsa fanboy. I like a lot of HBC right now. Yeah, uh, Dunbarton and then Foundation. Man, yeah, Nick is bringing it. He's bro. awesome. He's bringing it. Awesome. He's bringing it. Mm-hmm. But also, I I think that uh, I I know something. Well, maybe maybe you can tell me more about what's happening with Crown Heads right now. I don't know. I know there. So people don't know, for people who don't know, Crown Heads a boutique cigar. Uh, manufacturer uh well they typically contract their production to other people but they hooked up with this factory in nicaragua pachardo i think last year or two years ago because we were at the trade show last year right so we brought oh, in cool. i gotta go yeah, to one of those yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we brought in the the tim osner cigar the bosphorus we brought in um some other pachardo made cigars by by crown heads like the mil diaz the Juarez, but then like a few months afterwards, there was a split, and I don't know the full details. Um, I think Arturo it, knows a little more. Yeah, I just had. I think I he knows. He knows it. more than he'll tell me. Actually, yeah, I think well, he just doesn't we, want to gossip. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. And we try to be respectful of that because that's and, cool. But first of all, like, uh, yeah. in all honesty, I don't really know the full details. Right. So, so I why, tell people but, if you want like industry news, go to halfwheel.com. Yeah, they're a great resource for that. Um, ah, there it goes. Oh, there you go. <laughs> drop, dropping the ash. That was gonna happen. I've never got one in an ashtray. <laughs> yeah, I have that problem too. I have so many holes too in my shirts. And all right, hey, you're a real cigar smoker. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, part of it could be that we're just respectful and and but honestly, like we don't know the full details, so we'll see how that that works out. But they have plans of. I guess getting some other manufacturers for some of those brands that were allocated to, to Pachardo. I mean, I think uh, while in Pepin and my father is doing the, uh, the uh, what is it? Yeah, the, they do Las Calaveras right. every year. Yeah. yeah, and this year is a Broadleaf, which I'm looking forward oh, okay. to. Yeah, yeah, we placed our order, I think, a few weeks ago. So Good to know. Be Good to know. Any day now. Um, What's the other one? Jericho Hill is the other one. I love Jericho Hill. That's an awesome blend. La Carama. La Carama. Uh, what do you think of that one? I hadn't smoked in a while. Um, it does have that kind of like dark cocoa profile. Very I'm, tasty. I'm hooked on those. You like those? I'm hooked on them. Yeah. I, I'm not convinced that there's not like pipe tobacco in that. Hmm. I mean, it's got I mean, the, the aroma that comes be. off of it. You know, it could be know, a man. combination of it's a Correct me if I'm wrong. It's it's a, 
it's a it's select primer broadly, right? Like a Honestly, high primer broadly. I don't know. Let's Google. I think but it, I don't. I don't even know. Uh, Google it. Yeah, I yeah. think it's. I think it's a combination of broadleaf and Sumatra, the binder that makes it smell and taste partially that way. Because my neighbor is a cigar roller. My neighbor across really? the street. He's a blender and roller. Safari smokes. Okay. Aaron Washington. So he's. He blends and rolls primarily for the black community, okay. like for the social and pleasure clubs and Zulu places in New Orleans. Oh, cool. Does Super Sunday and shit. What? He's got a Jeep that's painted like a zebra, and he, he rolls all these cigars, and him and his wife travel around to these events. They set up a mobile lounge, right, where they have, you know, fireplaces when it's cold and fans, when it, and they have music, and they have couches, and... They cool. sell cigars, and so if you're at Jazz Fest or or, or French Quarter Fest or or, or a Super Sunday, and you're hot and there's no place to go, well, you buy a cigar and you can sit there in this mobile lounge. And he makes his own smokes, and one of the smokes he rolled last year was a, a broadleaf with a Sumatra binder, yep. and it tastes remarkably similar to the La Carama. So that's funny you mention that. The Le Carême blend, wrappers um, Connecticut broadleaf, binder is Ecuador Sumatra. Ecuador. Wow. Sumatra. And the filler is Nicaragua. It's a roll that Tabacalera La Alianza. That's uh, EP Carrillo. And I wouldn't be and, and, in the in the DR. And oh, I didn't know that either. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a love that cigar. Yeah, I, I really like that. I, I like a lot of. I'm intrigued by anything that John Huber touches. Oh yeah, yeah. you know his history. He used to. Work at CAO before it was bought out. I did know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I found that out. Yeah. No. Yeah, he has a lot of history in the industry, too. But no. And they're out of Nashville, right? That's right. Yep. Which is strange, right? Sort of. Well, that's sort So CAO was started by Chano A. Ajner. That's Tim Ajner's father. He, he started out, I think, doing humidors or pipes. I can't remember what. And then the cigar boom hits. He gets cigars made, and CAO like in the late '90s, early 2000s, they were like the it brand. They, I yeah, would, was, I would call them. They were fun. Like the yeah. the, the the crown heads of, of, of that time period. That's right? fair. Yeah. yeah, you had the Brasilia, you had mm -hmm. the American Brasilia, really. Took, Bra took them up, yeah, took yeah. them to the next level. Those were fun cigars. The MX2 was was a huge hit when it came I, out. I, I kind of, I never, you, I don't think I ever yeah. smoked one of those. Yeah. And it was like I remember like the first batches. So I I started I started in the industry in 2003, but I'd been smoking since '96. Um, so I remember some like the the boom day cigars, and the CAO was was really big. Did you know that at one point Perdomo made some CAOs? I did not know yeah. that that he mm -hmm. did that. Yeah, yeah. and I think he's he also a musician. Had, yeah, drummer, well, drummer. Yeah, drummer yeah. Yeah. Have you yeah. seen that Huidor of his? It's a drum. No. He got an actual drum company called Sonar, which is owned by the same people who make the harmonicas that I play. Okay. Honer. Honer, okay. And he made a he had them make these little drums and they fit over a Spanish cedar box that holds vertically like 30 cigars. It's a drum human. And Avo, cool. how do you say his last name? U Uvarian? Uvarian? Uvasian. Uvasian. He was a piano player. That's Chad. right. He wrote Strangers in the Night, yeah. right? Yeah. So there's a history. Pete Music Johnson, and cigars. Pete Johnson yeah. was a like a glam rocker, 
from LA, like, or went, you know, from Maine, but went out to LA, I believe was a bass player okay. in like, in like hair, 80s, like hair metal bands, right? I'm pretty oh. sure that's it. Pete, if you hear this, yeah, yeah, correct I think us that's if, what if it is. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. But yeah, that, I guess the idea that cigars and music go hand in hand, it's a perfect match. Have you been to uh, Dos Jefes? Not in a while. I was going to ask, you play there, right? Yeah, a lot. So you must love that venue, right? Oh my God! See, the fact you can smoke. I mean, I'm so there. For, so for people who don't know, what's yeah. what's Dos Hefes? It's a jazz bar that lets you smoke indoors. They're mm-hmm. grandfathered in, right? Because they've been around Fair long enough, bar. right? So you, and in seven nights a week, live music. Yeah. Humidor is okay. It's it's you know for a lounge, it's it's just enough over retail that should be expected. <clears throat> they Sean and Richie still there? Yeah, both those guys. Yeah. Those are the cats. Yeah, those yeah, are yeah. the Dos Hefes, yeah. right? You know, and they, uh, you know, hey man, I don't want to say like, be you're the relaxed. You go they in are. there, you could do whatever you want, right? You yeah. know, it's a chill the, scene. And and I and I'm in there all winter when it's cold, right? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I, I got my own little chair in the back. I, the waitress knows me, Jules. She saves my little chair for me. I go back there. And, and people leave me alone. They know that I play there. Nobody comes and bothers me. And I get to listen to my favorite jazz artists in New Orleans for no cover. Yeah. I drop 20 bucks in the tip bucket. I can't pay for a drink. And I just smoke cigars. It's great. Yeah. And sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes the, the heat's broken and it's cold. <laughs> sometimes oh, yeah. the AC's broken and it's hot. Yeah. I don't care. I love it there. Yeah, that's such a unique cigar bar. Cubbed out, not... I'm taking you out. It's okay. uh, evenings on me, okay. Lewis. Evenings on me. I'll bring yeah. cigars. All right, yeah. all right fine. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, I hadn't been there in a while. It's just, I guess COVID really was a big disruptor, so I've just been kind of here. Uh, the only time I really go to New Orleans is when i got to pick up orders. and. Dos Efes yeah. was rocking during COVID. Really? Oh, I bet. Yeah. Nobody yeah. ratted. That's how tight that little group is. Man, being out there on the end of Chop near Nashville mm-hmm. where it's real quiet, mm-hmm. out by the by the by the docks. Yeah. It's a it's a hardcore crew of cats. Everyone it's knows the same everyone, huh? cats every day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I always loved those Hefes. When I was uh when I was working retail in New Orleans in the early two thousands, that would be you know, a spot I would have to try to make out. But I wasn't making a lot of money, so I didn't go out too too often. But right, you know. yeah. but I loved it. I mean, to me, that just it embodies that. And I could be wrong. You you have more insight, but like the no. typical quirky uptown bar that's cool that everyone knows everyone. Richie's, but with cigars, yeah. you know, which is it, cool. Yeah, yeah, but with cigars. Richie's yeah. a riot too, mm-hmm. man. The guy is funny. Mm-hmm. He's ornery too, you know. I used to sell him cigars. Did so you? I used to work at a large convenience store wholesaler in Harahan uh, called Imperial Trading. And uh, at one point I oversaw the, the premium cigar division and I would do like the, I was, it was pretty much like I was doing everything, ordering the cigars, Responsible for over a million dollars of of buying a year, selling the wholesale clients at a time when before the uh, anti smoking laws were put in place it, to hotels, yeah. restaurants. Yeah. Yeah. So I would travel to all these little cool spots around the city that sold cigars. And uh, Arnold's they used to have a, a cigar bar. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Dos Efes was on our list, so I would go in there and yeah. And you, remember making the deliveries, talking to, and you to, know to Rich, Richie. Richie's you know. a Cuban stop. 
He's a what? A Cuban style. Oh, yeah. And he's worse than just your average. It's some weird Vitola he likes. I can't remember. It's a Monty number two, but it's in some weird Vitola. I can't remember which one. And well, the Monte, Monte Cristo number two? In some, yeah, that's the torpedo. When they, okay, typically but in it's old not Cuban the number ring? two, then. It's a Monty and okay. some other. But I brought him a number two. Right, yeah. which is like, what? What? What is that smoke? If you well, were to well, buy a single now, right? Yeah, the prices went up. What? What, what would you what, say? I don't know. Let me look it up because I know at one point when I, you know, when I knew more about that industry, it was like fifteen or twenty bucks. But now I, I don't know. Let me see what what the average price is because apparently like, this it, past year, like seventy five bucks. Maybe some people would pay a hundred and fifty right now. That's crazy. Well, that was a think big, about what a bahike is. Yeah, what's that? Three fifty. Yeah, that's what I heard. You know, I had a, and I'll, and I'll get. I, I need to tell you a story about that. Um, the Monte Cristo number two Cuban. What's MSRP now? And that would be getting it from where? Well, when I quote, if I'm going to quote Cuban cigar prices, you'd have to look at Spain's prices. That's uh, that's very good, like MSRP. That's because, what I've heard. Yeah, yeah like, like in the UK, you're going to be paying. A higher price because of the the excise tax. Have you the heard they're tax? better in the UK? I've heard because they have a longer relationship with Cuba hmm. that the good rollers send their shit there first. I can't verify that. I don't I, know. I'm just but I'm asking you. I'm asking no, you. I don't know. You're the no. you're the guy in the but, industry. Yeah, I'm but I don't. But I don't know the Cuban sector. Harmonica playing no. consumer. No, I, but I don't know the the Cuban sector. So I'm I have just one website. Rumors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have one website that lists it at $49 a cigar. That's nice. <laughs> but Man, that's, that's Well, that shows you how long I haven't smoked. But I think you could Cubans. Get... I remember when it was like a 15 to $20 oh, pop right. cigar. Yeah. But they they increased so I I was talking to Steve Saka a few weeks ago and he was telling me that in the international market because of this huge increase in prices this past year, 3 Three, double, tripled, tripled, right? Yeah. I don't know. I forget the percentage terms, but it was very substantial. Okay. So as a result, and consumers in the international market, they're looking at these prices, and they're seeing the prices of the non-Cubans, or what some people call New World cigars. Right. It's like, dude, I'd rather just buy the New World cigars because it's just, you know, number one, consistent. I'm getting better value. So the the non-Cubans are really taking more market share in the international market. But no, yeah. To, to, yeah. You smoked a Byron, right? An Atabe? Mm. I mean, yeah, pretty close, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's very close to the Cuban profile. It's been a few years since I tried that. but um, I think we're trying to remember which Byron I had. I've had it like four times, the same one. It's like a Vene, Venezuela, Venice, Venice. And I don't know that uh, I because got we don't carry in, them. I got but... it up in Nashville. I, okay. I get them up there. Like I paid thirty-two bucks a smoke, yeah, and was happy to pay that because the cigar was so well balanced. Yeah, and for a cigar that's so out of my profile of like knocking on your ass, peppery, I like, I get bourbon notes on the last third of Tatuajes a lot of times. Strong bourbon for a non-drinker. Mm-hmm. It's nice to taste bourbon again, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I get that. I get wine. Sometimes I get dark espresso, coffee beans, cocoa. For me to smoke a cigar like a Byron and really enjoy it, it has to be great. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, I had a story about the Cohiba Bahique. So yes, I'm you know you I don't really it. smoke too many Cubans. Uh, you know, was, so before COVID, I would I, I made it a point to go to Spain. That's one of my favorite travel destinations. 
And I would smoke, uh, you know, the Cubans while I'm over there, just see what's going on. But I just haven't been happy with the consistency. But when people ask me what my favorite cigar of all time is, it's the first batch Cohiba Bahike. What year was that? I forget. I think it was like mid 2000s. That's or, so or, cool. You yeah. got to do that. Man, I feel. I want to say time, 2007, but I, I don't so really you remember. Smoked through boxes of those. No, 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 no. Because even back then, yeah, I think they were like. To seventy five a stick, which yeah. back then that was like stupid, unheard of. Yeah, that was right. dumb. Right. But I had to try it, and it it was before it got like a lot of hype, where you couldn't find them. To me, that first batch was so incredible, and those are the profiles that I personally want. Yeah, which is a weird combination of like almond, like an almond paste, like marzipan, coffee, cream, some cedar, and it just hit. A certain way that I just, it's hard for me to find that kind of profile. But sadly, a subsequent batch I bought tasted nothing like it. It happens. And, and it ever happens. since then, like, I just kind of like, sad. yeah, I wrote it off. It's like, man, I'm not going to be risking that much money. I know, right? But then they maybe they got it right. And they could have been. And, and so I haven't, yeah, I yeah. haven't smoked it since then. But I don't maybe know how they didn't. I mean, look, right. when you look at the motivation, considering the political situation. Mm-hmm. It's hard to, and economic situation, right? It's hard to imagine that they care enough, right? But maybe they do. What do I know? Yeah, well, that's what, and I don't have like insight into the Cuban industry since again we don't really deal with that. Um, looking at it from an economic standpoint, you know what I do know about Cuba is that the situation is bad for people. I mean, there's a reason why people will traverse the Gulf just to escape in rafts. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, so you get paid a very low wage, whether you're a roller or some other position. So to me, there's no incentive for people to care. I Not that they don't, I, you know. but, you know, you just look at economics and human behavior. If there's no incentive to, like, do well, it's like, eh. You've heard that, probably heard the, the parable or the story about a teacher that says, okay, listen, you know, guys, I'm going to, I'm going to give you guys a test this week. And uh, I've decided that because since some of you guys have only one parent, some of you have no parents, some of you guys have mental illness or, or learning deficiencies, I'm just going to average the test. So the kids are all like, well, at first, cool, this sounds great, right? So they first week goes by and they, they you know, the A-plus students get Bs and the C students get Bs. B's and then the 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 D students get C's right and everybody's kind of happy then the next week the A students are like this is the first time I've ever gotten a B I'm not going to work my ass off again all right so they don't so the B students I mean the A students are now getting C's right but well a couple of months goes by a month goes by and everybody's failing you know, because the, the kids that were, they're like, I don't have to do anything and I'm getting a C. Right. I'm getting by. Right. And, and, I, and I think you're right. I yeah. think it's human nature. Now, I'll tell you, as a musician, the first time I experienced this, I, I grew up in a very liberal family and went to a school with lesbian communist teachers. And, you know, and I really looked at Europe as being superior to the United States, particularly what it had to do with the arts. Mm -hmm. What I was interested in, the audiences were more educated. They were, they were better listeners, right? They weren't there to get drunk as much as to hear the music, to know the history of the music. 
the fact that marijuana was legalized, the mm -hmm. fact that prostitution was legalized, that we had that we didn't necessarily say prostitution or weed is good. What we are saying is, hey, let's look at how we can control it. Can we reduce disease? Can we reduce violence towards women? Can we reduce uh, illegal cartels controlling the income of things? So I had this idealistic view of what Europe would be like. So as a musician, when I went over there for the first time. When was that? Oh, 1990. Four, 95, okay. 96, maybe right around there. I started going for the first time over and over again. And I remember being in, getting there and rehearsing with the band and thinking to myself, you know, these guys are okay and we're going to make it through the tour. But I was told this is the best band in Holland and the same band that had backed up all my heroes surprised a little bit now they were good if we're in like topeka kansas but they're not quality musicians that would be professionals in in this country okay so i made it through the tour right and at the end of the tour we're sitting there and we're smoking hash in this bar and there's this hot chick behind the counter and she's looking at me and the the, ba they, the whole band was telling me, you know, you need to stay here. You know, you can if you can sing in English, bro, you can make a living over here. And on top of that, the government's going to pay for you to play music, meaning that I'm going to get an income every month regardless of whether I play or not. But I only have to do four shows a month, and I'm still going to get income just for being involved in the arts. Hmm. Move here, smoke hash. That girl back there will go out with you. It's going to be great. And I started thinking, well, I'm 21 years old. I'm starting thinking, think, why not? Why wouldn't I come over here, smoke hash, have sex with hot European women, play jazz and blues every night and get paid for it even when I'm not playing? Mm -hmm. And then I remembered, oh, yeah, they can't play. Oh. Why? Well, there's no competition. Well, there's no incentive. There's right? no incentive. Yeah. In, in New Orleans, you've got to be a badass. Whether you're in the oil industry or the musician industry, if you're in New York, you've got to work. You've got to pay attention yeah. to what people are doing. You've got to refine. You've got to get better. And those are good things. Now, when I'm 70 years old, maybe I'll go over back over to Europe. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But right now, I'm still a young man. I'm not yet 50, 49, so, right? So what you're saying is the standards, at least in the U.S. and the musical side, are just so high because I guess there's more people Competing. I mean, look. So at, look you at have the, to yeah. bring your A game in order to stand out or, or I think earn so. income. Yeah. I mean, when we look at but in Europe, it's not like that. I mean, look, you have great musicians over there. I'm not saying that's yeah, not yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. saying that's not right. true. There's always the exception of the rule in everything, right. whether it's in cigars or in music or whatever. Mm -hmm. But but yes, I'm saying that you have to work harder. Here. Yeah, and that's and, and it's cutthroat and it's not fair and it's hard. Can you give but, me some examples of? Of cutthroat, not cutthroat, like not, not fair. fair. Uh, no. Well, if you got an artist that, say, their parents say, "Yeah, you know, I believe in you," and instead of going to college, I'm going to give you forty thousand dollars a year towards management, publicity, you know, getting you, backing you. That artist has a better chance of succeeding than an artist equally or more talented that mm. doesn't have that backing. 
Same thing if we go into a court of law in the United States. If you have a public defender, your chances of getting off are less than if you have an attorney that is a paid attorney with a pretty price on it, right? Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. you got a guy handling 15 caseloads, 50, 100 caseloads at a time versus a guy handling two and getting 40 grand, and he knows that you come from a family with money. That means that you'll recommend him again. Same thing. It's cutthroat. Mm -hmm. This country's cutthroat. It's rough, but it's beautiful. Beautiful things come out of that. Yeah. I'm a capitalist. Yeah. I, I don't like it all the time. I think it's rough. I think it's horrible. But I don't know any other way. Who the hell am I? I'm a harmonica player. I just like living here. Is that is that being like choosing that instrument? Are there challenges to I guess <laughs> I don't know. I'm asking because I yeah. Well here's the good part. If the, the competition, the bar is set so low. I, I think I, I brought one, but I left it in the van. Right? Oh, no, <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the, the, the bar is set so low for the instrument that if you can play it at all, people think you're great. Hmm. Um, so it has its, its advantages. Conversely, if you want to play something that a guitar player or a piano plays, it, it takes a lifetime of work to get good enough to do that. So there, it's very easy to play because... The type that I primarily play are called diatonics, and each one, like a like a Crayola accordion or a diatonic accordion, is set in one key. So even a three-year-old can pick it up, and if they blow in and out of it, there's not a wrong note they can hit if they're if the band is playing in a certain key. Okay. However, music doesn't always stay in one key, and you need to be able to go out of that scale. In order to go out of that scale, it requires advanced armatures and stuff, making it harder than a violin or other difficult instruments to even do that. So to achieve any level of, like, look, I just did a, an album for Disney, or I did a movie for Disney. I, they didn't tell me which one. They never do. Okay? They, you wait and you find out. I didn't know Tyler Perry's Jazzman Blues was the movie I was recording. And as a session musician, maybe you ask somebody on the break and maybe they know. But you don't go in and ask, what is this for? You're hired to do a job. You go in there, you read the music, and you do it, and you leave. And you, you're, you're as quiet and as, right. as low maintenance as can be. The job is about, it's, it's a business. It's not, it's nothing to do with, with, it's beautiful art, but it's not about that at that time, right? Okay. The composer figured that out ahead of time. Your job is to play what the composer showed you, okay? okay. So... In an environment like that, you come in and you just do your job and you leave, right? And you don't know what that's about. I, I forgot where I was going with that, right? Where, 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 where were we on that? I don't know. It was well, something just, to do with... Well, just asking about, like, do you, is it challenging oh, to yeah, be yeah, a yeah. harmonica yeah, musician? So when I'm doing the thing for Disney, they don't care that my instrument has a hard time hitting certain notes or not. Hmm. <laughs> they just expect you to do it. Yeah. you got to be able to do that. And yeah. th that's when it becomes, th then, then there becomes a handful of people in the world, Lewis, that can get jobs, mm. which means that I get a lot of those kind of jobs. Okay. Do you have an <coughs> agent? Yeah, I got all that. Yeah. A manager, agent, all that. Okay. Do you have like a set goal of, I guess, like concerts? Oh. Or I know. Don't worry about it. Do you have a set goal of like concerts a year <laughs> or tours? Or I got what? a website, mooncat.org. It's got all that stuff on it. Okay. I play, uh, I used to, when I was young, I played 300 shows a year. I did that for like 10, 15 years all over the world, except the Far East. I've never been to 
China or Japan, but you have a desire to go there. Absolutely, I have a desire yeah. to go everywhere. Okay. Yeah, there's no place I don't really want to go. Yeah. I want to see it all. Right. You know. Yeah. What, to. What's your favorite destination so far, or, or thus far? Really? <laughs> <laughs> you know, one one. Well, we just. I just got back that. from Hawaii. That's why I'm wearing the Hawaiian shirt. Did you notice? Oh, I didn't, yeah, I didn't yeah. even notice, yeah. Brubs. Yeah. <laughs> I saw your Instagram post. You're enjoying yourself in Hawaii. Was it for Was it for business or, or it pleasure? Was, yeah, we were at um, Big Island Jazz and Blues Festival. We were there with Donald Harrison and Steve Teray from Saturday Night Live. It was mostly jazz. Johnny Sansone's another harmonica player, accordion, guitar guy from New Orleans. He was over there. The Iguanas, the legendary Iguanas, you might know, but a bunch of people. But yeah. Donald Harrison had a heart attack while we were there. What? Oh, man. It was intense. Is he okay? He's okay. okay. Two surgeries later. Oh man! Wow. Heavy. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so is New Orleans the reason why, like, with jazz, like your pursuit of jazz, why yeah. it came down to New Orleans? It's everything. It's the culture. It's yeah. it's the architecture. It's the food. The history, yeah. It's the food. Oh yeah, I'm a product of it. <laughs> I, yeah, mean, yeah. I mean, I was living in Jackson. I moved to the South as a Yankee 30 years ago. Okay. In 1995, I moved to Memphis. Okay. And then I migrated, and I ended up in South, and I migrated to Jackson. I ended up following a band in Jackson and touring out of Jackson, <clears throat> just regionally, not nationally. And the first place we ever went on tour was here. And I came down here, and I heard OZ. I saw oh, cool. Frenchman yeah. Street, Bourbon Street, the Jazz Museum, <clears throat> Tipitinas, right? And I just said, this is it. I, it hooked you. And I... I so did, and I, but I didn't get here until 2010 after my home in Nashville, Tennessee, was flooded. And the Cumberland River came and destroyed most of East Nashville, and my house was one of those. So I said, if I'm going to get flooded, I'll get flooded there. And we have. Wow. <laughs> yeah, we have. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I rent now. I'm probably going to buy next year. You know, this is exciting. Yeah, cool. Yeah. You want to stay in the same neighborhood? Man, I really, my right? neighbor, yeah, my neighbor, the one I was telling you about, Aaron Washington, the cigar roller, I I, I just can't, you, you know, I got a call two nights ago, it's three in the morning, and he said, he never calls me Jason, he calls, he, he calls me Reese. he doesn't Reese? even say my name oh, right, no. for years and years and years, right, right? and uh, he called me out of my, he called me Jason, I knew something was wrong, three in the morning, I called Jason. He goes, your back doors of your van are open. You know, this. Uh, why am I going to leave the neighborhood like that? You know, where my neighbor's yeah. going to cut. And he goes to out. bed at 8 o'clock. So he must have woke up, heard something, looked out the window, saw my van, came up, got out, walked outside, called me on his cell phone, was out there to greet me. I just had a shipment of cigars come in. Pretty big with, you know, some rare cigars coming in, right? And I was in Hawaii. I was expecting to get them before I left. Didn't happen. He's there for me. You know, I'm, and it's not just him. I got everybody on every side of the street knows me. I love my neighborhood. I cannot imagine leaving. Yeah. I can't. That's such a New Orleans characteristic, too. Man, I mean. Like neighbors really know each other. And, I think it, I, yeah. I, I know. I've always tried to be nice, but I didn't seem to get it reciprocated in Nashville. Mm. Right. But here I did, you know. That's when I, when I went to New York for the first time, New York City. You know, down in New Orleans, you're just so used to like just talking to someone random, like asking right. a question. Because you're from here, uh, New Orleans. Yeah. Well, Metairie. I grew up in Metairie, but yeah, uh, went to school in New Orleans. Um, so, like the notion of just the you know the social interaction is is more 
inclusive in New Orleans. Like you just say yeah. hi to a stranger, like ask them just something. Yeah. When I did that in New York City, I got like looks at like some people. Like, Get away from me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you, there's something yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. everyone's in like their own world. Yeah. Don't like, don't bother me. Well, like, they're in their own even world. growing up in Maine, which Conan O'Brien called the deep south of the north, there's a certain level of aggression in everything, mm. right? Like, uh, like I remember going back after my father died, and my friends going like, "Hey, Jason, sorry to hear about your dad there, bud," and it almost sounded like. Like they were trying to start a fight with me, oh. but but I grew up there, mm -hmm. so I knew. You understand it wasn't like. But, but yeah, but after twenty years of not living there and going oh. back to that environment and seeing like how impatient, how aggressive, how yeah. Mm -hmm. Now on one hand, it's it is refreshing in that people are a little little more upfront sometimes about mm -hmm. things. Okay, you know, less bless your hearts, mm -hmm. right, right. But but on the other hand. Sometimes you need to bless your heart. Sometimes you just need a thank you mm -hmm. instead of a, yeah. you know, whatever it is, right? You know, it's a lot of a, a lot of overload, sensory overload in in, in the Northeast. I think. Yeah. You know what's funny? I went when I went to uh, Italy years ago, in the late nineties. To Italy? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I talked to people and got you know, you know, just trying to figure out the culture. What what what's Italian mean? And I learned that. It's kind of like in the U.S. where in the south of Italy, Naples. people are a little bit warmer. Yeah. You know, it's a little poorer. Dude, that's where my family's from, is from Naples. Really? <clears throat> Naples? Yeah, Napoli, right? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, like Pompeii. Have you been? Yes, yes. What do you think of that? I bet you love that city, huh? But that was my favorite. I okay. liked that more than Rome or any of the, uh, yeah. Venice or any of the places. It was, it was dirty. There was yeah. crime. And <laughs> yeah. And that's what and I, I, I felt tell more people. relaxed. Yeah. <laughs> Because I feel like if you're from New Orleans, I think New Orleanians would appreciate Naples. What's that thing? What What is it about it's things like being in the South, right? Where shit just well, yeah. chill, Well, the chill, out. but you go more North, the people are colder. Right. They're a little ruder. It's true. And so I just, I was just laughing the whole time. Like, man, this is just like in the U.S. It's the same in Italy. You know? Man, but, you're uh, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Did you uh you had some of the pizza when you were in Naples? Oh my god. I didn't even know what it what's it called again? The the uh what's it called? The the like the brick oven? Or, no, 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 no. Yeah, the, yeah. The fire. Yeah, but but it's uh, called the margarita, right? Or the, oh yeah, yeah. But, pizza but that's margarita. Not, yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't even know what that was yeah. until I was there. You know do you know they have pizza purity laws? Like they have no. these laws in order for it to be like according to Naples, a yeah. pizza. It has to follow like like a certain dimensions, yeah. circumference, <laughs> only X amount of ingredients. Cool, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fun. Yeah, yeah why yeah. not? Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. I mean, like I, the other day, I saw a king cake mix on the shelf. So now you can make your king cake during not not during season. Right? Oh, if you no, know that. Seems, <laughs> that seems like a no. That's not right. That's a that's a what's it called loophole, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we yeah oh, we got some rules like that down here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sort exactly. of, well, sort of. You know, I tried my hand at making king cake for the first time this past year. No way! I got like this clone recipe of uh, Dong Fong's yeah. famous king cake. It came out pretty good. Yeah. yeah, I gotta say it wasn't the same, but like it was pretty close. You guys ever do cookouts here at Havana Fort? Uh, not yet. Yeah. So we've only made a year in the new spot here in Baton Rouge. Oh my God! It's only been a year here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Before oh that, we were just right down the street. We'd been there for ten years, but one of our initiatives now that we have oh, this okay. new space okay. yeah. here. Is to have more events, do cookouts, yeah, have have a lot more experiences for for the consumer. If you ever need a band, bro, we'll work a deal. Cool, bro. we'll work yeah, a deal. Yeah, yeah. Actually, we were talking to some people about like hiring bands, 
So yeah, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll keep happen. in touch. I'll make it happen for you. Oh no, you know no, we'll, I mean? we'll, we won't we'll go through the agent or anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Oh, that'd be awesome. No, so I mean, this new space just was perfect. It it had everything that we wanted. You know, larger standalone because before we were in a strip mall, so that right. has its pros and cons, but. Uh, larger space, we can do more events because in the previous store we didn't really have too many cigar tastings just because it wasn't large enough. The and pros of the strip mall were walk-in traffic, right? Uh, I guess there weren't any pros. I guess at the time we went, you know, we went in. It was it was pretty cheap rent. It was a good spot. Um, Did people look at you as a pariah because you sold tobacco? Um, no, no. That's good. Yeah. I got a good story that you'll appreciate on the subject of the demonization of tobacco. Yeah. So I'm out in Topanga, like. Where's that? It's in it's in like a near. It's like in the mountains of L.A. Okay. And so, but it's you know it's it's really uh, you go through all these beaches. I forget the name of the beaches. Not Venice, but you come up from Venice and you go. I think north, right? Okay. <laughs> anyway, you're in the mountains. And I'm up there, and I'm playing this blues festival with Lurie Bell, this Chicago blues artist, right? The, I mean, everywhere, Lewis, is weed, nonstop. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you can't walk anywhere without weed smoke all over you, okay? Now, I don't have a problem with this. Mm-hmm. Even, in, even being sober, I don't. But I, I know some sober people do, right? But that's not the point I'm trying to make. So after the festival, and I was like one of the headliners, right? So you'd think I'd have a little special treatment. No. So I, after the festival, I had a J21 with like, I don't know, four years of age on it, right, that I'd been saving for the right day. And I walk, you know, 75 yards away from the festival down a gravel road to where the van is parked. I sit on the bumper of the van, cut the cigar, light it, Within seconds, a 20-year-old kid is on me, and he's furious. I mean, he's not just telling me that I can't smoke. He's furious, right? Whoa. And he's There is no smoking in the entire city of Topanga. Well, everywhere around me yeah. is weed smoke. Right. So, so where are the studies on the secondhand smoke damage of weed smoke right now? Right, but we're it's just trendy right now. Weed is a medicine that can cure everything, which it's not. And, and first of all, right, and we're we're beginning to find that out. Right, we've tried treating addiction with weed. You have these treatment centers now that are giving weed to recovering heroin and crack addicts and meth addicts. It's not working out. Right, the, the success rates are plummeting. Okay, and for mental illness, right. We've tried treating bipolar and depression and all this stuff with different strains with mixed results, right? So that's not even the point. The point is supposed to be secondhand smoke is carcinogenic, right? Mm -hmm. Where are the studies that prove that uh, a a tobacco smoke, which which I would venture a bet that there is – well, first of all, there's no pesticides – at all in this, right? Hence our tobacco beetle problem. Hence me worrying in Ida about increasing temperatures and humidity. I was worried that I might have an outbreak of beetles, right? Or whatever, right? I don't know how frequently this happens. It's not happened to me yet. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen it? Well, I don't know like what the typical operation does in terms of growing with pesticides and all that. Um I know that there are some operations that use this, like 
Placencia has this one line. It was called the Organica. And the whole thing was that it was an organic cigar. So the pesticide they use, I guess, and I don't know if it's specific for, for them, but I know of some operations that will basically create this, it's almost like a tobacco tea. So they steep tobacco leaves in water and they get like the juices or whatever from the tobacco uh-huh. and then they spray that solution on a lot of tobacco. Yeah. And that acts as like a natural pesticide. Well, Hawaiian tobacco is used as a natural pesticide, I found out. What? Because somebody said, hey, while you're down there, why don't you have a Hawaiian cigar? And I thought- Did you have some? No, no I, I just Googled it. I said, yeah, yeah. I've never heard of a Hawaiian yeah. cigar. I looked it up and, and first thing that came up was Hawaiian tobacco is not normally smoked. Hmm. It's used as an organic pesticide. Well, there was a brand. This is like probably- Twelve years ago, we actually tried to reach out to a company that did have a Hawaiian brand, a Hawaiian cigar brand, but they never got back to us. Um, let me look that up. I want to say it was Kauai Cigar Company. Um, yeah, I, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing it. Kauai Cigar Company, locally owned maker of premium hand rolled cigars. Did you cigars. ever you tried one, huh? And then no, you, I never have. Oh. I tried to reach out to the company years ago because we wanted to carry them. Yeah. You know, because we're into boutique cigars, too. I mean, we carry a lot of the, the standards, but I'm always, like, searching for unique right. I mean, brands. I just had a once-over of this place. Is there What don't you carry? Well, I mean... Let's start no. there. Well, no. Not not every, every... Like, there's no retailer that can pretty much carry everything. I guess they, they could, but... But, I mean... But we try to carry, you okay, know, the, the, Byron, the, the Byrons aren't here. Correct. Atabay is not here. Yeah, we've talked about it, though. I, I love that cigar. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a possibility. <laughs> and we're, we're always willing... I mean, from from our operation standpoint, yeah. we're willing to try certain cigars. We always get new companies trying to gain shelf space here, but we have certain parameters. Who like, do you like right now? Like underground, who's coming up? Tobacco. Who's the next Pete Johnson? Man, I kind of don't want to tell because then like more people will get more focus on. Them. I'll tell them. <laughs> See, I don't you're care. Like well, me. I know, but yeah. I'll you know what? But I'll be like you and, and reveal. All right. All right. So you, uh, I probably would have to attribute the reason to Warp Cigars. They oh. they released a, a blend. May, uh, the Chinchal brand, made by Tabacalera La Isla. So this is a, a relatively new cigar factory by industry standards. They're really small. The owner is Hostos Fernandez, and, man, he's making some good stuff. So we actually hooked up with him because he is what we call a contract manufacturer. So he doesn't actually have his own brands. Mm-hmm. He's just an operation that will make cigars for other companies, like Warped. Yep. Other you know shops, uh, and so we actually hooked up with him last year and had started selling cigar our own branded cigars. When's this podcast going to be on the air? Probably seven weeks, eight weeks from now. Cool. Yeah, because we you're our sixth ep- uh, guest, man, but we haven't even. I'm made honored it, you know. to be here with you. Yeah, it's been so much fun. Yeah, man. No, yeah, I'm really digging. Awesome. And hey, what do you think of this? I love it. Hey, it's awesome. we've I've had it. You and I have had to relate it because we're talking so much, but. I'm going to no, say this. Awesome. I will say that I am surprised at how well balanced this is for, for a kahuna. And we just got it. Like, so it right, really, right. Really it's off the truck. Been, yeah. Right off the truck, yeah. yeah. No time to, like, settle down. So that's pretty impressive. You know, I, I think that uh, I think a lot of I, – I've come under fire from my Tatuaje brothers lately because I've been saying that I think that the Karloffs are aging out. So that can happen. That's Steve what I'm Saka, saying. I'm not saying – I don't yeah. know with Karloffs in spe- uh, specifically, but – we had Steve Saka visit our shop like in the first or second year. He he started Dunbarton. He came to our old he's store and so did. He's so funny. Oh, he's funny. Oh, yeah, my yeah. God. What a regular cat, yeah. too. 
I'm a but, big, but, but he's a nerd yeah. too. Like when it comes to cigars, oh, I watch him. I've yeah, got yeah. to. I've zoomed with him before because oh, cool. because Lee Mack, who I'm a huge fan of, the cigar reviewer. Have you seen Lee Mack? No. Lee Mack nine twelve. He's a YouTube cigar reviewer. Black dude from uh-huh. from Delaware. Okay. Hilarious, beautiful, wonderful, life changing. But he's like the your black uncle, Mister Rogers, cigar smoker. Cool. All kinds of problems with YouTube, right? Because of the cigar thing. He's right? getting some grief with that. Oh man, they demonetized him. Oh man, I know. He's not even selling the stuff. Wow. But meanwhile, I can go on YouTube, and if I want to, Lewis, I can find out how to smoke crack properly. But yet, I can't watch a guy review cigars and talk about life. So that that's always been a point we've had to fight against. Like big tech in this country, just they don't like cigars. They don't like tobacco. No. So I mean, we were on Twitter back in 2010, and the Facebook started back then. And I have always wanted to pay these companies just to advertise, get sponsored posts, and and it always gets it gets rejected. You know, right? So we've always had to fight against that, and it's just a shame because you're yeah, to your point, like they'll allow other, like what I would deem as more like, like worse, like worse items, you know, or or, or hobbies. Yeah. It's like, you're going to, you know, pick on the cigar people. Like without without even researching the science of the health effects or, you know, okay. But anyway, back to soccer though. I I totally uh, just just derailed you there. Yeah. So we had him uh, in the store. He he was driving through and he did like a, a meet and greet driving through here. Mm-hmm. And came and sat right here and yep. did this. Not in this location, our old location, but uh, man, man, he was just like an academic. When was oh he about cigars and the industry? It was real. I mean, we learned a lot from him, but uh, no, I forgot where I was going with this. Um, the guests, the guests that you've had on the show, right? You, you oh yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So I mean, we want to reach out to cigar industry people. Um, but I felt there was another point I was trying to make, but it's all good. Uh, that's what happens in good good conversations. <laughs> Going tangents all over, but uh, no. Before we uh, do you know do our last segment, I would I did want to ask this this notion about musicians in New Orleans that try to like I get and I don't know what your goals are yeah. in the music world, yeah. But like who try to t- take it to like the next level, I guess, yeah. of awareness and and um, you know, in your career, I've always uh, heard like a lot of musicians in New Orleans that stay. It's hard for them to like kind of break through until they leave. So I think of like Louis Armstrong. It's been the opposite or, for me. Um, okay. I mean, I've spent my entire career moving to different locations, primarily for looking for a central location from which I could branch out. The reason I lived in Nashville was that 90% of the United States population lives within 500 miles of Nashville. Oh, so this is, <laughs> this is why the, all the trucking companies, oh. <coughs> the printing companies. Yeah. This is why they're all there. You have all the highways, 65, mm-hmm. 40, all linked there. So as a musician who travels for a living, if I want to get my name out, I need to play every city that I possibly can. Yeah. It is still, you know, look. There's this whole who you know thing, right place, right time, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that's not true, okay? But it's more true for pop and and yeah. stuff. And I'm a jazz and blues musician, which basically means I'm not any different than a drywaller, right? I have a job. I do it well. 
I'm known for doing it well. I have a group of people that I've worked with my entire life that are mom and pop club owners, okay, that have risked their lives and their careers and everything else on having a dream for a venue. And I go in there, I've had relationships with these people that took chances on me, hiring me when I was 20 years old, 21 years old, I'm 50 now, right? <clears throat> for $250, right? And you sleep on the pool table the night, guys, right? Get out of here in the morning, lock up, you know, if you guys do well, come back next time, right? These people I've had relationships for 20, 30 years, right? So it's like a regular, regular gig. So I've succeeded nationally to the point where, like I said, I played with Johnny Winter. I was on Johnny Winter's Grammy Award-winning record, the last one that he made before he passed away, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, numerous other recordings, up almost every year for, for the Blues Music Awards for Harmonica Player of the Year. I've, I won it three times, right? Wow. You know, I'm not saying this to brag. I'm, what I'm telling you is that my hard work has re- achieved results. And there were many, many years of poverty and obscurity, Lewis, <laughs> okay, that preceded this, okay, before the payoff started to happen. However, here's the funny thing. In New Orleans, nothing. They don't care about any of that. What have you done in the city? When was your last offbeat award? Did you pl- look when, when I started playing with Joe Crown, and then started playing with Walter Wolfman Washington, and started playing Jazz Fest and Tipitinas? Now I'm somebody in New Orleans, all right. But they didn't care about a Grammy Award-winning record with Johnny Winter. They didn't mm. care about the Blues Music Award. They don't care that <clears throat> to this day still. I I have a I have a two-week tour coming up next week. I'm leaving. I'm going to play New York, Connecticut, Maine. I'm going to see. I'm going to see Mo oh, from cool. in in New York, right? And I I'll, I I'll combine my music with cigar tourism, right? I'm going to try to get to Harry's in Philly, right? I see my my buddy that gave me my first Pepin six hundred one. I'll go see Mike at Allegheny Smokes, right? From back two thousand six when I, you know, first got into this, and you know, they don't care that I'm playing all over the country. I can't play in New Orleans under my own name. I can play with Joe Crown, or I could play with Walter before he passed away. I can sub for Chawa. I can do occasional gigs at the Maple Leaf under my own name, but I'm nobody in New Orleans. I'm a good sideman, is what I am. So it's funny. So for people that are, that are big deals in New Orleans, yes, it's hard for them to branch out to the rest of the United States. But who can blame them? They're they're accepted in this microcosm of this beautiful, wonderful city. That frankly, what, what did Tennessee Williams say? You know that <laughs> yeah, know yeah. The, the, the America has three cities, right? Yeah. New York, San Francisco, New Orleans. Everywhere else is Cleveland. Yeah, I love who that. cares? Yeah. If you're big, I'd rather my. You asked of goals of mine. Well, I don't really have any goals in my career yet. I'm 50 years old. I've done a lot. I'm satisfied with what I've done. I spent a lot of time ignoring family, ignoring my health, chasing brass rings, trying to be famous, What money, property, and prestige. I spent all of my 20s and 30s ambitious. I owned a house in Nashville, like I said. I was trying to put as much money away at a couple of cars, you know. Mm-hmm. I was miserable. Well, what do I want now? I want to be a good husband to my wife. I want to be the best brother I can be, which is challenging right now. Me and my brother got a piece of property we're fighting over, you know? I want to be a good son. You know, I want, I want to be a good friend. I want to be kind when it's hard. 
to be kind, those are my goals. These are the things that cigars make me realize, right? Of course, you got to make money to afford them, right? Yeah. But that's still, but you know, my goals, if I had a goal musically, it would be more to become part of the city of New Orleans. I don't care about the rest of the world anymore. This is home, right? And Habano Port in, in Baton Rouge is now a new extension of that. This relationship that we've built. That's, it, my life today is about relationships. It's not about business. I, and, I, and I honestly think on a spiritual level, everything works itself out after it truly becomes that. If I find myself, and I'm human, jealous of another's achievement, oh, I deserve that, or I, how come they got that, and how come I, I don't, how mm -hmm. come I got, I'm still in the Ford Econo line, and this band's in the bus, right? Then I get the bus. How come they got two tour buses, and I'm only got one, right? You'll never satisfy, like, yeah. Exactly. Right, and, and I'm when your pursuit is that material, I'm, you know. I'm working really hard, <clears throat> and it starts in the morning. And you know, Lee Mack, the cigar reviewer, said says when you wake up in the morning, he says this is what Lee Mack, the cigar reviewer, you got to check him out, right? Yeah. He's got his own cigars. Anyway, anyway problems, back to yeah. Lee Mack. So he ends every video. He says when you wake up in the morning, you got to tell yourself that today is going to be another great day. And then he says why? Because the subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between a truth and a lie. So when you wake up in the morning, you might as well tell it something good, right? That's yeah. what Lee Mack says. Every morning I wake up, and before my feet hit the floor, I say, today is going to be another great day. been doing that for four years. My life is drastically improved, right? Now I follow that up with a bunch of other stuff, with some prayer, some meditation, some other stuff, right? I have a better day as a result of that. But that's what I'm chasing is that perspective, that positive perspective, not money or achievements or whatever. But yeah, sure, I want to get boxes of of news of the man. I need to get a box of yeah. these, right? These, yeah, yeah. They're good. They, they need to sit for a while, but they, these are incredible, right? Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming out, man. Me uh, too. Me too. So on that, we're gonna kind of wrap it up. So we got this segment, the final segment that uh, we're calling the final puff. So it's kind of a rapid fire question. Don't you know? No pressure. Rapid fire. Let's go. Yeah. All right. Number one. Yeah. Tabasco or crystal? Tabasco. Number Love two. that vinegar. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Especially on eggs. Ooh. On eggs, Tabasco yeah. is, there's no substitute. Yeah. yeah. Fried chicken, you could maybe get away with crystal. All right. Keep yeah. going. Number two. Favorite travel destination? Oh, besides here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mmm. Oh, man, it's supposed to be rapid fire. No, no, it's okay. No, 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 no right. pressure. Paris. Tick, tick. Paris. Paris. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Number three, the ideal person you would want to smoke a cigar with, oh. dead or alive. God, my father. I would love to sit with my dad again. Lost him in 2001, you know. Was he a cigar smoker? No, nah, but he would. Yeah. He smoked everything else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, with that, my friend, thanks for coming by. Man, Lewis. We'll see you again. God bless you, yeah. bro. Thank you for having me. Thanks again. Me. Love yeah. your perspective. Love your family. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Until All right. next cigar. All right. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope you found today's conversation insightful and entertaining. If you enjoyed this episode and want to discover more episodes, check us out at thelifepro.com or any other major streaming platform. If you're interested about the cigars we smoked, you can visit us at shop.habanaport.com. Until the next cigar, thank you.